What's up, everybody? We have 10 minutes here now carrying on with our NATO specials on the last two about the 9 mil and the 5, or I'm sorry, the 9 by 19, the 556. You heard what exactly NATO stands for, what it is, the idea behind it. And uh, now we're carrying on, getting a little bit bigger. We're going to the 762 by 51. I almost said 54R earlier, but but that's. Not that's right, Russian. comrade. Yeah, yeah. Not right. My bad. That's that's because I'm into AKs and stuff. But uh, 762 by 51. Yeah. Also sometimes referred to people, I guess the, the consumer version or the very close relative of it is the 308. Yes, the and doppelganger. I, I would assume, much like the 556, the 9x19, when you look at the commercial loadings, this one's probably just a bit more stout, thicker case walls, all that 100%. thing, carbon copy. You've yep. got the... Uh, what was the thing on the bottom? Crimping or staking of the crimping primer pocket. Crimping or staking in the primer pocket. Probably some some weather-resistant stuff there put in the primer area. So that that stuff tends to be kind of a common thing that Absolutely. they're doing on all the NATO cartridges just because they're in harsh environments or they're yes. getting shot out of machine guns. Yes. So they need those kinds of things to stay good, usable. Good. Are, the, are those the only differences between the NATO, the 7.62 by uh, 51 and the 308? No. So, again, interior stuff like Jim Touchdown is different, but like the loadings available for the consumer or the commercial market are vastly greater. Okay. Um, right. So, the NATO uh, catalog is going to give us a, a much smaller variety of projectiles to fire out of it. And we talked about that earlier in application and use. But I think if we're talking about the 762 by 51 NATO, it's one in the line that's really interesting because during its I guess we're going to say prototyping, production and adoption phase, it was released commercially and at the same time into NATO hands. So this is, hmm. a, this is a cartridge that was developed post-World War II, post-NATO form, and its adoption into NATO and commercial was almost, uh, you know, at the same time, almost synonymous. Was that strategic for any sort of reasons? I believe so, yeah. I think that it was a... a I don't, well, if there's some great conspiracy theories out there. We I'd love to hear those. one. Ah, I mean, Seven six two by fifty one conspiracy theories. Well, I mean, if do we need an hour for that? Uh, maybe that maybe. sounds hot. You want you want a round, uh, or you want a round that everybody's going to have uh, on the civilian side of things. You want a round that everybody's going to have on the uh, military side of things. It was right around the Cold War period. Who knows? I don't know. That's all I'm going to say. You may about have to that. start arming. We've some... all seen the movie Red Dawn. Um, mm. Wolverines. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, wait. Is that the same movie? It is. You got <laughs> okay, it. Good. Yeah. <laughs> 762 by 51. Uh, I hear so many people say that. 762. I've got a 762. I've got a 762. And There's is, so many 762s. Yeah, it's, it's almost as popular or spoken about as the uh, the 556 by 45. Uh, one of my favorite cartridges of all time, 762 by 51 or 308 Winchester, if you want to call it by its uh, uh, commercial name. Great round, loaded in a variety of different weapons platforms, and has has stood the test of time since since its introduction. You know, in the uh, late fifties and adoption in the sixties, from M fourteen to SR twenty five, M one ten, a variety of you know foreign ally platforms, and then of course on the hunting side of things, uh, in in bolt guns and pump mm-hmm. guns and semi auto hunting rifles, um, the now classic AR ten. That's crazy to say. The now classic AR-10. Yeah, thing. that is Amazing. weird. Yeah, it's very strange. Ryan, I've killed one deer with a 308. Yeah, it was your 308. It's a good round. 
What is this cartridge used for? Because we have the 5.56, which yeah. you find in, in all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. You have uh, designated marksman rifles in 5.56. Yes. You have uh, close quarters carbines, mm-hmm. regular carbines in 5.56. Mm-hmm. This one's finding its way into, I'd have to imagine, maybe more designated marksman roles and yes. maybe snipers. Yes and no. Um, so it's kind of an interesting cartridge. Like like I said, we, we went from the 30-06, so we'll, we'll go from World War II to Korea and then Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went from the 30-odd six. We look at the rifles that were chambered in it, the M1 Grand. We were just crawling out of the, the turn bolt phase, getting into this very modern gas-operated semi-automatic. A couple limitations. It was huge. Uh, very heavy gun. It had a very limited magazine capacity. The M1 Grand we're talking about? Correct. Yeah. Eight rounds. And the ammunition was very heavy, very large, like it took up space in your pack or your bandolier. Oh, yeah. Um, and then it it recoiled a lot. It was a difficult round to shoot um, proficiently. Well, I mean, circling back to when we were talking about 9 mil versus mm-hmm. 45, yep. you know, carry more ammo. Absolutely. That's so easier re- a yeah, plus. better recoil control. Yep. We're trying to make a, a, a military force that is effective and efficient, that requires less food, that requires less, I guess, working out to keep up to snuff with your ammo loadout. Uh, so the 308 was formed. So they took a 30 odd six. They took a lot of its case dimensions and scaled it down. Mm-hmm. Um, we more or less mimicked its performance with a 150 grain projectile. And technically the loading, like the M80 ball, which is the kind of the first on the NATO standard list is 147 grain projectile. But they're very close in performance to the 30-06. So we did everything that the Grand was good at in a smaller, lighter, more portable package um, with less recoil. And did Uh, that go to the rifle as well then? Was the rifle, were they able to make that smaller also? Yep. So there was some interesting hybrids in the Grand that may or may not have actually existed or seen any kind of service. And then we went into the M1A or the M14, its military Mm -hmm. designation, um, which caught the very, very tail end of the 50s and then into the uh, Vietnam conflict, the M14. An infantry rifle, detachable magazine, a little bit lighter than the Grand, fully auto-capable, which is a, a huge advantage. Um, and then its adoption into medium machine guns, like the M60 of the time, which was, uh, I mean, if, if there's an iconic firearm for a conflict, World War II was the M1 Grand in the 1911. Vietnam was the M16 and the M60, which was chambered for 7.62 by 5.1 NATO. And its role in that medium machine gun is probably more notable than its role as a, an infantry rifle because the M14 was then shortly after replaced, replaced. Uh, we'll say that with quotes around it, by the M16, mm-hmm. which was chambered in the 5.56. Yeah. Um, so it's... Its effectiveness as a medium machine gun round is undeniable. Okay, it's a big payload. It's relatively lightweight, um, considering the the arm and the amount of ammunition that you can carry, uh, and it does a number uh, on target, soft and hard, out to you know intermediate to slightly long range distances, and it prevails today. The M two forty medium machine gun in all its iterations, whether it's vehicle mounted or man ported, still chambered in seven six two by five one. Okay. Yep. There are a number of uh, rifles that are still available on that that catalog in that cartridge, uh, like the M110, uh, the M14 uh, EBR, which is kind of a modified sniper rifle. And also weighs 45 pounds. <laughs> yeah, because we have one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and the SR25. Uh, so these are all platforms that are chambered in it. On the individual infantry rifle side of things, we've got the SCAR 17S. Uh, yes. Um, yeah, and then the, the new SCAR 20. Uh, which is, again, kind of a hybrid infantry-slash-designated marksman's rifle. But it is 
it is a really effective round. Mm-hmm. Um, on the sniper side of the house, uh, we've got an M21, an M24, an M25, and an M40 uh, for the various branches of the military, turn bolt rifles with the exception of the 25, which is a modified M14. It, very effective. It's going to be here for a long time. We hear a lot of people talk about, oh, we need more oomph, we need higher BCs, that kind of thing. Well, the 6.5 Creedmoor needs to come yep. in and replace it, which it kind of almost sounds like. It may and will. Um hmm. But I think you'll still see this around for a long time because it does still bring a lot of payload on target, and uh, it's everywhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and that's a big consideration to make. So, this is, are there any things about the the physical case design that make it so versatile for like for feeding or anything yeah. like that? Yeah, absolutely. So the projectile shape, the the very gradual shoulder, and the limited body taper. It's a great round. I mean, for everything, commercial and military use, and this is why successes is a machine gun cartridge you know, are, are apparent too. So if we think about things that need to feed well, it's a machine gun. You link a whole bunch of that up and then put a little dirt on it. Is it going to chamber and fire when that bolt comes forward? I can't, it's hard to describe, but you look at it, you're like, yep, that looks like it would just go, go smooth. Yep. Yeah. And it does. It's, it's old, it's old, reliable. It's, it reminds me of when you're a kid and you just get a ball. It's not any particular kind of ball. It just is a ball, and yep. you can do anything. Hours of entertainment. <laughs> Hours of entertainment. You want to kick it. You want to throw it. You want to hit it with Catch a bat. Catch it. Yeah. yeah. Play with your friends with it. Whatever. It's, it's happy, super fun ball. Uh, but anyway, because, yeah, you look at this thing, you ask somebody to close their eyes and draw a bullet, they're, they're going to draw basically that. And, and, and in the civilian market, you hear all kinds of people talk about precision rifle shooters, especially long-range guys, and... They all get into these kind of crazy hoo-ha, wacky cartridges, whatever. The little tiny recoiling guys, the six millimeters, the six fives, whatever. What do they all say? They say, you want to find out what you're doing wrong. You want to go back to basics. You want to learn the fundamentals. Go back to 308. Yes. Everything starts and ends. It is the, it's it's like it reminds the core me of, of the earth. It reminds me of my dad. I go out, I go do something weird. My, my old man sitting there, he's like, now you should have probably done this. <laughs> It is. As, as much as we joke about the 308, 308 being the cartridge that you load with a ramrod uh, from the muzzle, it's a good <laughs> well, I cartridge. I tell you what, much like your dad, it's been around for a while. Sometimes you want to try to not like it, but you always end up coming back around thinking, ah, dang it, I yeah. respect you. You question it, <laughs> you try other things, and then you go, darn it, you were right. Yep. You know, <laughs> Father's Day is coming up in a couple months. I think on that note, if you're looking yeah, for a great gift for Dad, uh, send him this podcast yeah, episode. Yep, get him a 308. Exactly. All right. So there you have it. The 762 by 51. It is Dad. <laughs> we'll catch you. Catch you on the next one. We got one more of these to go. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Bye. See ya. <laughs>